today's episode is about David Baker, who is a British man who moved to Bangkok not so many months ago. He is loving the experience so far. He has a scooter and he scoots around the city and enjoy the food, the lifestyle and and all about it. So, I think it's going to be very interesting for you to listen to his perspective about living in Thailand, his tips and ideas and even his little stories he has to tell you about his experience so far. We bonded over uh, making a lot of jokes, so you're gonna you're gonna see that probably. Just before our interview, we went to play capoeira a little bit because I I love capoeira, and then we uh, we've met this amazing group right there that that we visited. So we played for a bit, and then we're already in this coffee shop called Kirk. So let me know your thoughts about uh, the episode and about what he what he says about about Thailand because often people think of Thailand as a as a like result vacation chill relax mode so i'm pretty curious of like how how it is to live there and then like how how convenient it is anyways have uh, have have a lot of fun listening to it it's going very well yeah. very very well today absolutely lots of new experiences happening <laughs> New experiences like capoeira because we just we just happened to do capoeira together in this morning in Bangkok. So we absolutely did, yeah. Wow. I mean, and we rocked it. We got to say, did. yeah. I mean, I haven't sweated that much <laughs> <laughs> for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think I didn't either. So the amount of our sweat was pretty uh, uh, smellable. <laughs> it's not a word, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was uh, certainly. I mean. You, you got me to sing as well, so uh, you're doing something right. That's it. So we're here to talk about your experience as a teacher in Bangkok, Thailand, and it's super interesting because you've been you've been here for four months. Yes. Yes. And so I want to know what is how how does it feel? What is your biggest challenge, and uh, what is your experience so far? Okay, sure. So I definitely like I would say the the biggest thing is is, is language. Definitely, just in general, um, like getting over facts for some of the kids like can't understand you still. <laughs> also, I would say the just in general. So sometimes it gets quite hot here in Thailand, oh. as, as I'm sure people know. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I think like maybe relating it more to the teaching. It would be kind of um, going from a very movement-based teaching to then suddenly just like strict school teaching, like mm-hmm. language or words and math and science. So it's less flexible sometimes in, in the classroom, definitely. Ah, yeah. So you're following a, a program or a curriculum, or yeah. In fact, actually, uh, in our in our school, um, we're we're actually given the lesson plan. And the syllabus. Really? Like, yeah. And everything is done. You just have to do it. Yeah. It's just like magic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just like magic. I mean, you know, pulling bunnies out of the hat. That's best. I teach them that all the time. <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> There's a lot of bunnies in Bangkok now because of you. Oh. Have you not seen them? They're roaming about. Um, no, absolutely. So, uh, one of the biggest things was that is that you know, when you're learning or doing a TEFL or Celtic course, obviously they teach you how to write a lesson plan. Um, when the school said we just give them to you, I was like, oh, oh, okay, that's interesting. I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. I was expecting to do half my job. <laughs> but yeah, the, the interesting part is that they don't mind you not following the lesson plan as well. Ah, okay. So you so have some freedom. There is lots of freedom. Okay. Yeah. In fact, I would, I would say that compared to what I've heard in other schools in Thailand, it's incredibly flexible, very laid back actually, as long as the kids are learning, which is the whole point of teaching. So it's got a lovely um, philosophy to the school itself. Mm, that's cool. <laughs> and what is the name of the school? So the school is called Torn uh, Academy. Okay. Yes. Um, not a lot of people have heard about it, to be, to be brutally honest. Yeah. So, like, I'll even, you know, tell a Thai person where it is, and be like, no, no, don't know where that is. Um, so, yeah, but it, it's absolutely wonderful. Um, the uh, 
manager or licensee of the school, he actually owns uh, multiple academies because it's Dr. Cassator. Mm. So he actually owns all of the schools and the land and the property. Um, he's, he's amazing as well. He, he looks after us. Oh, that's good, that's yeah. good. And, and you, is it, so it's pretty much of a smaller, like, institution? Yeah, like four or five other teachers, 25 more? So, it, the school goes from nursery all the way up to secondary. Oh, okay. So it's still a school. Yeah. It's just that, from what I can tell from being here, uh, so in my class in uh, K3, uh, we have, well, I have 21 students, mm. same with the other kindergarten classes as well, whereas, say if you go up to say P6 or primary 6, they might only have 6 students in the uh, class, okay. so people might start dropping out or going to a different school, or the parents might move, or, or I've seen something like that. Um, but the actual teachers, um, in total, there are 40 foreign teachers okay. so that includes both native speaking teachers and Filipinos or Chinese teachers music teachers and PE teachers as well okay. yeah yeah I feel sometimes like how like it, it affects so much of the size of your school like if you're working in like in a bigger school than a smaller school like the atmosphere is going to be super different you're gonna have more contact so yeah. Like as forty-five teachers, I think it's good. Like I work this where I work, we are like three. <laughs> oh wow! Well, like three, like in the like the main like organization. Yeah. But like, we got, there are other people in school, right? Sure, like sure, otherwise, sure. it would be very boring. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 But oh, you again? Yeah. <laughs> I just saw you yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Happens. What was your your first like? How did you find the job, and what was your first attraction to Thailand? Sure. Okay, so I, I feel as though I need to wind the clocks a little bit. For example, I would say, uh, so about two years ago, I ended up leaving uh, England, where I'm from, the UK, uh, to travel to China to um, definitely uh, study martial arts. Uh, I did that for three months, and then I was meant to just travel across the border to do a visa run. I ended up in Thailand, I stayed in Thailand <laughs> <laughs> for uh, one month because that was, again, uh, as people might know, there was uh, a lot of visa stuff going on in, uh, in Asia. <laughs> um, so afterwards, um, I studied Mu Thai in Thailand for one month and personal training as well. Then I went back to Vietnam, then I went to South Korea. Um, after South Korea, I had run out of money, so I went back to the UK. Um, during, the, during my time in the UK, I ended, I ended up back at my old job, but I purposely left to travel to China. Oh, which is not like that of a good like motivational like, point of view. Like you leave and you come back to the same job. Exactly. So it was like a very strange culture. Yeah. Um, I, I was already in debt at the time. Then. Some circumstances happened where I ended up having to move back to London. I, I was with my parents at the time, just come back from Asia, don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, so I, I ended up moving back into London again. And unfortunately, I, I suppose I kind of blamed London for a lot of problems in my own life. But really, it was that I wanted to go back to Asia. And it was one of my colleagues who was giving me a heart-to-heart -heart and said, well, what do you really want to do? And I said, well, I want to go back to Asia. And he said, well, just do that. So, oh, yeah. I'll just do that. Then. Good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so easy. You know yeah. what someone else tells you. You're like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Of course, absolutely. Um, so, uh, but that's, but after I'd made that decision, I uh, started to just change my identity a little bit. I, you know, you start doing the temple. You end your job out of London, yeah. you start selling all of your stuff again. Yeah. Um, and I, just to mention the TEFL class is an online, you can do online or not online, necessarily online, but yeah. where you will learn how to teach English as a foreign language. Sorry, yes, right? of course. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I, I ended up doing my TEFL 
online. Oh, you did online? Yes, Good. I did it online. How many hours did you do? Oh, yeah, so I did um, normal 180 hours, oh. and then I did a further 60 hours on how to teach online. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. So it was 240 hours in total, okay. and it, they called it a level 5. There was a difference between a level 3 and a level 5, yeah. but I never really understood what the difference was. <laughs> Maybe we should ask them. <laughs> Maybe we should, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but like most other companies, I think they have different words for the same thing, but maybe a Celta does or other TEFL courses do. Yeah. So, uh, uh, most, from what I've noticed, most employees either care about the hours or that your certificate has the same name as your passport. That's what I've noticed. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, essentially I wanted to go back to Asia because I enjoy not only the people, um, the food, uh, more importantly the philosophy as well, um, especially as as well as um, sort of uh, the, the job that I had back in the UK, I was also a uh, professional dancer as well, um, and a lot of my kind of love and passion movement stems from Eastern philosophy, um, Eastern ways of thinking, of moving, simply of being as well. Um, so being in the actual countries that they come from um, automatically is a, is, a, is a plus in my book. Yeah. As a very long-winded kind of way of saying it, that's, that's why I want to come back. And teaching English um, seemed to be Honestly, like one of the more accessible things. Mm. It seems to be that a lot of people just do it for a, a gap year. So they want to take time off of uh, university or college. Um, but for me, it was more a sense of, well, hang on, if I get my TEFL and I've got my degree, that means I can go anywhere in the world and, and teach this, whether it be for... Um, four years, a year, six years, whatever it may be. It's almost like a, in my head it was, that, that's my passport. Yeah. That's how I can just do what I want to do and be happy. Essentially. Yeah. So that was kind of like the pa your, your passport to like come and move to Bangkok. I was going to say China. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Bangkok. And um, so what do you, for you, what makes a good teacher? We almost talked about it earlier, but you didn't, because I wanted yes. to keep that answer for now. Um, uh, it's such a, um, a vast question, I would say. I know. Um, honestly, I, I find, if I had to like late a teacher, patience would be my first, mm. first thing. You have to be patient with your students. Yeah. You have to, like, understand that as a teacher there will be fundamentally things that one student will perfectly understand the first or second time you say it to them another student just might have to be like you know have visual cues or uh, even uh, actions or motions of what you want to explain to them they might have to be physically moved in some way in order to understand what you're trying to teach. Um, so having patience and adapting to each individual student is something which I find very important. I would argue it's the most difficult thing to do. Yes, yes, yes agree with that. Yeah. Because it's, it, it requires a lot of attention. Yes. And and it's easy to go like pass by because these things, if not, no one's gonna tell you to like to look at it or to be a good listener, right? Like no one's gonna tell you how to be like looking at the little girl like in the back who's just like crying because something happened. Yeah. So like you just really need to be open to everything. I I completely agree. And to add to that, I find it a shame that it say even with, with say twenty one students. You cannot do that for each student all the time. So, let's say you might begin to understand how one student is learning, 
but then your lesson may not revolve around how that one particular student learns. Mm. But that, that can't be helped if the other, say, 75% of the class is picking it up in the way that you're already teaching. It's very hard to then um, adapt not only within the class, but also find the additional time or make the time for that student yeah. to learn efficiently for them. Um, it's almost like personal training. Everybody has a different way to either slim down or bulk up or whatever you're doing. Just like everyone has a different style of learning. Um, and I find that being patient with yourself and your students in order to adapt to that is very important. Yeah, one of my my favorite te first teachers I've met when I was uh, in Canada, she told me, she was like, you know, Lawrence, if you cannot do it this year, you'll do it next year. It was always, always like over planning to like prepare this and that and do this project. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, yeah, just wait for next year. It's going to come up. And this is true. You know, like mm -hmm. sometimes like you cannot like we're not perfect yet. No. Yet. <laughs> so it's good to have that in mind all the time. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with that. There's been moments, funny enough, I've just had my teaching observation. I've been observed for the Ooh, first time. How did it go? Oh, you want to talk about it? You don't? I, I honestly don't know because they were so good at keep, they had good poker faces. Well, I wanted to tell you that. They had oh, they do, yeah, yeah. Amazing poker faces. Will not play poker with those teachers. <laughs> you will lose. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, honestly, uh, they, they took lots of lots of photos and pictures. They, I don't know why they were doing that. Oh, pictures and photos. My bet would be marketing. Oh, I that see. That would be my bet. Well, if they want a small a small man with a beard, then they've got a small man with a beard to, to put on their front cover. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be on posters in like Bangkok, all <laughs> around in the subway station. <laughs> you know what? It happened to one of my friends in Beijing. I mean... Yeah. He was like, he was everywhere. <laughs> well, not everywhere, but like he was in the subway station. You could like take a picture next to him, oh, you know? Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe that's like your moment of glory in Bangkok. I, I don't... Well, if they do, they have to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we, um, I think the observation went well. And now also there's this big, big uh, project coming up for Mother's Day. Mother's Day seems to be a big thing over here. Uh, mm. Much bigger than in the UK, definitely. Really? Yeah, it's, it appears to be. They're making a big thing of it. They're, they're combining... Um, so it's like... We've already got, like, kindergarten takes up a whole day for Mother's Day, then primary and secondary take up a whole day. You combine that with parents also coming over to the academic show, where we're showing off, like, our different um, uh, projects that we've done with the children as well. Um, and then a lot of the time, it's, uh, it's got a lot of just heart to it. Yeah, that sounds like a pun, but it's not. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they're making a big thing out of it, so, uh, which I wasn't expecting because mm. it's, it's not the same, I don't think, in the UK at all. <laughs> no, not the same in Canada either. Yeah, yeah. We, we do love our. Um, <laughs> it's not about, yeah, it's not about the other thing around. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, that's fun. Oh yeah, uh, next question about I'm curious to know, because you, you, you had your observation. Did they tell you in advance what they would observe? Oh, uh, yes. I mean, they, they did give us. Oh, okay. They did give us a um, a sheet of how 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 we would be like marked, for example. Or so, so. Let me explain like the actual observation. So the observation had to be what they deemed to be three D. So. Three-dimensional? Yeah. But, okay. <laughs> so, for them, that simply meant either using like a PowerPoint ah. or an e-book or something which the students had to like physically do. So, for example, for mine, I used a PowerPoint and it was all to do about addition, for example. So, uh, I called mine uh, fruity numbers. So, it was all about fruit and adding up fruit. So I've got four bananas and six bananas. How many in total is ten? Cool. Mm. 
she then actually brought in fruit. Yeah. And then they had a game of running over, making sure they pick up the right amount of fruit, yeah. and then all that, that kind of stuff, like making additions with that. So it had to be very, like, full on kind of thing. Yeah. She had to be seen doing things, had to be seen. And the, yeah, and the lesson has to make sense, right? So, like, you're going, like, at the beginning, like, okay, well, like, what are you going to learn? What are the objectives? And then, like, you're you're going with your theme of fruits, you know, and counting, adding. And then you do, like, we, we have in, like, um, in teaching called the scaffolding thingy, which is a bit what you're saying. But yeah. in other words, like, I do, we do, you do. Like, yeah. we do this together. And it's so popular. It's, it's I mean, everywhere. It's, yeah. it's literally everywhere. I mean... Enough, I haven't actually heard it being called scaffolding before. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's actually new to me. So scaffolding. Oh. Yeah, it's it's basically just giving a safety net for students in order to um, to achieve the goal of the class. Really. Oh, I see. Okay. So like okay. It, scaffolding would be like, okay, I'm going to like it's like, hey, try to run a marathon tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> give me give me a month. Train yeah. with me. Show me how. And then yes. Um, Okay. So it's a it's it's a concept that is kind of well known and then usually if if the lesson plans I I'm I'm betting that the lesson plans that are made at your at your school are all based upon that. Yes. Hopefully they are. <laughs> but usually that's how they do. Like you got a little warm up, you got the objective and yeah, then yeah, absolutely. It's, it it has to like follow a line, you know? They're, they're all based on that on that matter, I think. Yeah. Um what I have noticed as well is that um well, it almost reflects back to the other, the other question you asked, where, say, so, some of the plans will revolve a lot around, like, doing work in either a workbook, workbook or a worksheet, for example. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, that haven't been in a role very long, it's quite interesting to have them to balance how I am, not, how I am sort of, um, received as a teacher say how how many pages of workbooks have you done how many questions are they getting right um to then as a teacher to the students thinking well i don't really want to do the workbook today they will learn better if i do it this way without having them to do any work yeah. in like a sheet of workbook because that's yeah. kind of boring yeah do you know yeah. what i mean it, yeah i totally agree with you like i think it's it's it's, it's okay to use it and I think like a lot of people are like it's fine but you, you gotta be like you gotta have your own objective and you gotta have your your own method but if you can be more active in the class I'm my gosh I'm yeah. so up for that no absolutely I, it's, I, I feel as though it's a useful tool Let, let's yeah. say again like things like um, writing for example if you have like a sentence in a book that they can trace for example, yeah. that's useful. That, that's teaching them their writing skills. That that's sort of okay. Math as well. If you've got like a sheet full of like problems that need to be solved, fair enough. You still need to be able to practice, but not all the time every day. So, for example, the Thai teachers, all I've seen them do is worksheets. Really, that's uh. all I've really seen. So, when it comes to us as the English or home teachers. We're like the fun teachers because mm. we do do the games and winning in the fruit and doing <laughs> like stuff like that, for example. You know, giving away the stickers in the books. The stickers? Oh, do you have stickers? Do you have stars? Is it what you got? You know what? I'm what? just asking because I know some some um, some schools in China have a lot of, they have a lot of stars that they give away. I see. Or sometimes apples. So. I am curious to see what ah. it is in Thailand. Yeah, well, we get to choose the stickers. Oh, oh, so, so lucky. I mean, right now, uh, it, well, uh, there's these uh, shops called 7-Eleven. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, they are currently giving away stickers every time that you buy something from them. Because they're doing like, you know, like, um, oh. so that you get this little book. Yeah. And you collect stamps in the book. Yeah. And then... It, at the end, if you have enough stamps, you get some prizes. That's how it works, basically. So I've said, well, I'm not going to do that. Just give me the stamps, and I'll give them to my kids. So that's what I've been doing. And they love that, because the kids, of course, they've got the book. 
So they want the stamps. Ah. Win-win situation. Win-win situation. Wins for me, wins for the kids, and for the parents, if the parents wanted you to look as well. So I thought, you know what, that's my sticker for, for this month, and then next month will probably be Pokemon, because they love Pokemon. Okay, okay. Oh, Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. You want a Pikachu to make you feel happy, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Give me the Pika Pika. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Spider-Man is huge as well. Uh, Anything to do with Spider-Man is like, crap. Okay. okay. <laughs> it really is. Spider-Man! <sighs> <laughs> I want to, I want to! Yeah. Yeah. It's literally like that. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. That's great. Okay. And, um, so you assess the kids as well? You do assess them, the students? Ooh, Do you yeah. see their progress? So, we've literally just had the first of the year exams as well. It's been quite an intense two weeks, actually. Yeah, you, you got to observe, <laughs> and then you assess them, and then, yeah. Yeah, so they, they did have their exams. Um, I don't write the exams. Um, other teachers do that, which is good, because I've never written an exam, so that's fine. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so, again, it was... It, it was Okay, there were interesting points to the exam because, it, again, it was just worksheets, but it, I wish I had more time to explain to the students what an exam actually is, what it means, and why it matters. Yeah. And, and also like exam etiquette and stuff like if you don't know the question, move on, or read mm. you know, the instructions more than once. But we're only five and six, so it, it's much harder. You don't you don't actually have time to do any of that. Yeah. Um, and it it was interesting to me because some of the students just knew what to do. They kind of just had it in them already. Whereas others were really kind of struggling to understand why I was saying you can only go on to the next question when everyone else is finished and when I tell you to. And some of them just couldn't get that kind of idea. That's, that's what we were told to do. Um, but fortunately, apart from one student, um, they all did very well, uh, to my knowledge. So we have to score them uh, in math, science, Reading, writing, speaking, and uh, we teach moral as well, like um, mm -hmm. like how to be like don't don't be greedy, have good table manners. Oh yeah. Um, that, that kind how of stuff. How to be a good person. How to be a good person. So okay. Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we I've already done the comments, and the parents will see for each kid as well, and then they get a score, like an average yeah. of those exams. So it's all very new. Yeah, how did you find that, like the first time? Because I remember, like my first time assessing, I was so stressed because I wanted to, I wanted to give like a, a good image of students' progress, but at the same time, like sometimes I hear from other teachers and practitioners that like assessments are basically made for for teachers to see their students' progress. So, so I didn't want to make the students feel uncomfortable if they were not good. Or not succeeding, but at the same time, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to make things clear. Like I wanted, I wanted to be honest. Yes, I, I think that's that's the, that's the golden word is being honest with the students and the parents in particular, because especially if a student is if a student is good and they're learning and they're passing, no one really cares, is what I've noticed, just from being here for months, because it means that they're getting on with it, they're passing the school that's good, which is another big part of it, in my opinion. It's when the student might be struggling, for whatever reason, that you start to have these strange issues. So, over here, for example, it is pretty much impossible to fail an issue. Oh, really? You know in Canada, you can you can fail students, but you have to ask the parents. Like to fail a whole school year. You see, that doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah. Only because, uh, right, only because it is okay to fail. We're always, we're told multiple times, uh, whether it be entrepreneurs, successful businessmen, um, you know, anything that you're doing in your personal life, if you make mistakes or you fail, you learn from those mistakes and move on. The thing in teaching is that because both the teacher and the school is simply now a numbers game, waiting. Or how many A or A stars do you have? How many uh, 20 out of 20s do you have? Yeah. Hmm. How many students pass with this teacher? Oh, that must mean that they're good. Does it? Mm-hmm. Does it mean they're good for your particular child? Does it? Well, what's your child interested in? So, if a child who didn't do very well in math, for example, smashed the art exam. Yeah. So she clearly learns better through art, through uh, kinetic, sort of moving her hand. Or, well, yeah. Moving that was her hand. That was a bad way. Maybe, uh, you know, it's like what they do. They, um, there's some research that we're talking about, like, um, kinetic, uh, how can I say that? Like if you're more an audio, like audio learner, visual learner, or like learning through movements and uh, action. Kinesthetic, I think. That's the word I wanted to say. Thank you. Okay. I was well said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so these, like, so there's like, there, there's nothing like, there's like different like research like during different ways, but but maybe like that's the thing. Like this girl, like she just needed to be more like physical and move more, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, at, the, at the same moment, I, I think she's a wonderful example, that's a little hard, because uh, it's not just English that she's struggling with, it's the Thai as well. Mm. She, she just struggles in general. Okay. So, the interesting thing is, is that that's, that's kind of like a very, like almost flat line, universal kind of, like, what, what is it that she, she might maybe not get it. Um, whereas, let's say, I had two of my good students. And during the exam, they made silly mistakes, uh, which which I knew that they they knew they knew I knew that they knew. But is that because it's an, it's an exam, or is it because they're being cheeky and they want to get something wrong on purpose? I've got students like that as well who like to test me as a teacher. No, you think so? A hundred percent. What one we have? Um, his name is Good G O O D. Is, can be very confusing in the class. Oh, that's that's really good. Yes. No, not you. Not you. <laughs> you, you just have to ban that word. You know. Yeah. You gotta yeah. say great, okay. Yeah. Not good. Oh yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, so yeah, for example, uh, he will even come up to me and say, "Master David, Master David, what's five hundred plus three? Uh, five hundred three. David, what's um." 10 plus uh, 13, uh, it's, it's 23 good, like this, like, he, really? he loves it, yeah, he loves hearing like these very quick, short, snappy answers to ah. his basic math problems. <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe one day it's going to be the other way around, you're going to be like, hey, good, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's, what's this, what's a, yeah, divided, divide numbers and that, uh, that's fun. Um, other question about your normal life maybe in uh, in Bangkok okay how, how was it to because like you're you're from the UK when life is totally different here in Thailand um, different and not like not to be judgmental towards the UK <laughs> at all we're not judging it's just different so what is different what is um, what do you like from here and yeah so it's, it's an awesome question because you're right, it's very, very different to, uh, to the UK. Um, honestly, um, I, I love the people here. Uh, the people are incredibly welcoming. Uh, they're very happy individuals. They're uh, usually always smiling. Um, which is the, almost the polar opposite to London. <laughs> um, I would say that. I don't know if this is a both a UK and either you know other European countries, but we're very much in our own 
kind of world like narrows the mindset sometimes. Again, this is very overgeneralising over it at the moment. Um, whereas here, I mean, not only are things significantly cheaper, um, but you know, your quality, you'll be earning less when you're out here, but your quality of life is significantly better. That's what, that's what I've noticed. Whether that be your living situation, the food that you're able to eat, um, how often you can go out with your friends and have a nice time without feeling bad or guilty that you're spending the money, for example. Um, so it's really kind of, I suppose, just more, more relaxing. You, you have less to worry about. You have less decisions to make on a daily basis, almost. Because you just kind of can just do things without having to worry. Is the best way to best way to describe it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it's relaxing. Yeah. Okay. Also, the weather is amazing. Oh. Oh yeah. Yes, it's very hot. It's always above twenty degrees. And if anyone knows London or the UK in general. There's you know, no grey, overcast, cloudy, cold, wet, rain, ever. Apart from when it rains, I mean, it's like a monsoon. Mm. Rather than like... It's just, it's hot rain. <laughs> it's like humid it's rain. It's rain. Yeah. Uh, and, and here, like, when it rains, like, it usually rains a lot and then it stops, right? Yes. Like, it's not like a, like a, a whole day. Like, in Canada, we have that, too. It just, like, rains for, like, three days in a row. And then you're like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. Yeah. Cold. Yeah, cold, windy, rainy. Just, just in general. Again, typical cliche talking about the weather, but it is just nicer over here. You get more vitamin D. If you had to say, like, who? Because I'm interested in seeing, like, like Thailand. Which kind of foreigner like does it attract? So, who should go to Thailand and like enjoy it? But is it for everyone? Is it not? Um. Uh, I'm going to answer that with it depends on where you go and what what you want to achieve while you're in Thailand. Just like any other country, you have the typical expat areas, right? Just like there might be <clears throat> a English town in Spain, for example, mm-hmm. where a lot of maybe English expats go. Yes. They only speak English. And they only do drink tea and like eat scones every morning, <laughs> just to go with those stereotypes, right? Yeah, uh, that's that's being a bit harsh on kind of again, it's overgeneralizing it. But yeah, yeah, totally. For example, there is an amazing party scene in central Bangkok. I've been down there many times before. It has its purpose. A lot of people go you know, to do that. That's what they want to be in Thailand for. The cheap drinks, cheap clubs, um, you know, good music, and kind of that kind of thing. Then again, if you go to maybe uh, northern Thailand, like Chiang Mai, um, you can learn. You can actually go to like Thai camps there. I, I keep always say that wrong, but um, Mai Thai. Mai Thai, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Anytime. Um, <laughs> and so you could actually sort of learn. There, what you want to do. Uh, even uh, a lot of people actually retire out here. I've heard that. Yeah, there's loads of old heard, English, yeah. American, Australian. They, they come here to retire. They, they come over here, they find, a, you know, let's say a, a Thai wife, for example, mm-hmm. uh, and they settle down and they want to retire. So now there's a problem. Because you already work here, could you retire here? <laughs> you would have to retire somewhere else. Yeah, that that is a really good question. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't choose to retire here. No. Yeah. So I can imagine living here for maybe five or six years. Okay. Then, honestly, if if I probably would go anywhere else next, it would be Japan. Ah, why? Uh, I've been to Japan before. Okay. Um. Again, similar to like, I, I grew up with a, a heavy influence of Japanese culture. Nice. Um, okay. I, I'm an anime fan, so I like watching anime. I'm um, going to Japan in like three weeks. 
Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Osaka. I'll ask you for like the details and stuff. The yeah. 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 So, okay. Yeah, we definitely. Can do that <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So, or like, um, so it almost changed it again. My, one of my friends uh, has been living in South Korea for about ten years now mm. as uh, an English professor out there. Um, and what he said, I mean, because Japan is like hyper expensive. Yeah. Like, that's the general kind of idea of So a lot of people work in South Korea for a year, then go to Japan for a year. Um, then like do that, like vice versa. Um, yeah, because I, I, what I've learned is that it's very difficult to immigrate in Japan for like on a longer term. Yes. And, yes. Yeah, and even if you do have like a Japanese spouse, mm -hmm. it's very difficult to get like the paper, like Japanese citizenship. I think as well that as well, if, if I wanted to work in Japan, they expect your degree to be in more of a not an art degree, is what I'm going to describe that as. They, they want you to have an English major or some kind of science or something like that. Yeah. It's, those are only some of the few jobs that I've seen that they want degrees in those fields. Unless you do the JET program. Have you heard of the I haven't. No, what's that? JET program is the program for teachers. Maybe, maybe for you too, like after your experience, I would double check. And they do, yeah, you can, you can stay up to two years in Japan and teach English or something like that. Okay, okay. Yeah, I can uh, give you more information about this. Yes, yes I will. Because <laughs> my friend uh, after university, he was a PE teacher and he went there. And it was a great way to live oh, and okay. explore it for two years. Maybe I was looking at uh, some high class jobs, some bougie jobs maybe, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe. But I, I don't know if you do need like to have like a certificate, like the teaching license to 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 apply for it. I think it's only a university degree. I I gotta I gotta check. I, gotta check. I don't I don't want to say like yeah, stuff that is not true. So I will double check that, and I'll, I'll let you know for sure. Because my sister wanted to do it, and then she didn't do it yet. But maybe one day. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Inshallah, we're just getting back the. Yeah. Okay, Japan. And then you would you would live there forever, or you would just move? Yeah, I mean, I, oh, that is a hard question. I think I'm still in the traveling mindset. Yeah. I'm still in travel mode. You know, I was like reading um a research about like expats, oh, yeah. and there's like a 16% of expats that they just don't know where they're going next. And then one of the questions I wanted to ask you was like, are you part of the 16%? who don't know if you're going to go back to your own country or if you're going to ah. go somewhere else. You just don't know yet. Okay, so. okay. I have made a, a, a definitive decision is that I will not go back to the UK. Okay. Ah. So that, that's a decision I have made. Okay. Now, having said that, I would, for example, buy a house in the UK. But I say that in the sense of not only would I need the money, I mean that I would have a house there, but then I'd be living somewhere else. Yeah. So that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Because it's still, you know, my mum still lives there. I would still want to see that. But keep in touch, yeah. yeah you got to keep touch. your family. But, you know, so for example, um, I like the idea as well of the people that you make on your travels, if they are in that country for long term, you have a place to stay, even if it's temporarily. Now, this is just like head cannon, like in my head, like uh -huh. exactly how it works. But you know, if I was in South Korea, I could see my friend. If I was in Japan, I could see a friend. If I was yeah. in China, I could stay with someone. But I like that idea of traveling all over the place. I mean, suddenly you have people in those places that you know and can help you. Yeah, and you know the, the fun thing, I, it's probably the same thing in here that in Beijing, but you meet so many people that would leave and go and move to different So you don't even have to travel to all of these new places because sometimes they will yeah, do yeah. it for you. Yeah. So you guys, you, you're you going to get friends all around the globe without even asking for it. Precisely. Yeah. Exactly. I, I like that feeling. It's, it's just a lot of kind of, oh. Not only do I have friends, I've got friends all around the world. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So you made the decision of not going back to the UK and it's been like four months. Do you think this decision is easier or harder to make with time? Because I know 
I know that sometimes like you might you might miss your family, you might miss some stuff, or you might miss an important event in your family. Do you think it's gonna kind of like your decision will be harder to make, uh, keep, or easier, or? I yeah I. So, I think uh, I have a very small family. Okay. Um, so I, I would argue that it would be easier for me to make because they have already said they are more than willing to just visit me. They oh, want to really? Come to see me. Ah. They want to explore Asia as well. Man, you got a cool family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, also, uh, yeah, not only do I have a very, very small family, really, but but also. I feel as though that, I guess, again, the question is, what things like, would there be important events? Well, but there wouldn't be, because there's not enough, not there's there. enough there's people. literally not enough of us okay. to, to have an event, which I think you're thinking of. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. I, I get you, I get you, okay. Yeah, so, as in literally, it's my mum, my dad, my stepmom. Okay. I have no brothers or sisters, so yeah. it's only me that I have to worry about. <laughs> yeah, but, which is enough, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, really. So, yeah. But I, I think it's more encouraging for our parents to come out and see us yeah. in in in, the, in these very different countries, particularly maybe to them, where I mean, maybe as well we take it for granted, but we can just hop on a plane now travel all, all the way around the world for arguably very cheap money yeah. in comparison to what it would have been back in the, back in the day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that that's a very cool thing for them to be able to do, to ask to show them, look, you can, you can literally do anything, don't worry about it, we're, we're safe. <laughs> ah, that's good. And also it's, it's fun for like, like your mom or your family just to come and like, come to Thailand, you're like, oh. Let's come and like chill at the beach, or let's come and it feels this kind of a well, come to paradise and relax, you know, in the way that Thailand can be so relaxed and chill that that can be interesting for them to just like break up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ah, good, 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 good. Your biggest mistake? A funny story that you had here, like that time that you lost a tooth, whatever. Mm -hmm. no, no, no. If you still have, he still has all of his teeth, girls. Yeah. <laughs> Say to the audience, the audience listening, he's fine, he's fine. I, I'm gonna go for mistake one first because it's an easy answer for me. Uh, come out with enough money to set up. It's, it's, oh. Yeah. Yeah. oh. And what is enough? <clears throat> is okay. it like. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I know. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, honestly, um, you have to think that you're literally moving your entire life. So rather than that, maybe don't think of it as like a vacation. So don't yes, think of it as just yes. flights, travel, like, like taxis, and like the, the food. Yeah. You have to think of flat deposit new SIM card, you have to think of, <clears throat> what else was I worried about? The deposit was the biggest thing. Um, you know, where do you want to live? Oh my word, yeah, visa. Get your visa first as well. Yeah. Please, please, because, so, if you definitely want to teach, so everything that I did, I pretty much did backwards. So, I actually was in Chiang Mai before I completed my TEFL. I actually completed my chapel while I was in no. Shanghai. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Great. Then again, like because I was on a visa upon arrival, it was then um, you know you then start extending your visas. That costs money. You then have to start applying to get new visas. Then you find a job. Then you have to move and fly all the way over there. It, it all adds up over time. Yeah. So just try and get everything that you can done beforehand. Mm -hmm. Whereas I was just desperate to get out of the UK. Yeah. I, I was just desperate and I just left. Yeah. And yeah. I just thought I just thought oh, I'll just figure it out as I go. Yeah, and that was it made it dif more difficult for you. Certainly. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you have so I went like in China I usually have to pay like 
one month deposit plus three months like rent. Is it the same here in Bangkok? Yes. Yeah, very similar. Um, I think it's more like three, three months in three total. Months. So it's like a, okay. a month's deposit. Okay. And then you've got two months in advance. Yeah. Is what I think I, yes, it was, it was exactly that. Okay. Um, yeah, it's exactly what that was. Yeah, which can be like, and like also visas like are, it's not like, um, it's, it's a lot of work, right? And like papers and like having like a certification. Did you have a criminal like background check? Oh, like I guess, and like all word. of these things. How did you get that if you were not in the UK? Okay, yes, 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 exactly. So people from the UK, if you are coming to Thailand, for the love of God, get your degree, all of your transcripts, and your teaching certificate legalized before you come here. So how it works for me, if, if you're like here and that hasn't happened, is I had to get my lovely mum to get my originals from the UK, send them to an agency to have them legalized, then they sent them to Thailand, then that stamp, what we paid quite a bit of money for, had ah. to then be stamped again by the Ministry of Education. Then it has to go through another process, which I, I literally can't remember. Um, and, and it goes on and on and on, basically. So you must make sure you have your originals. You have to have the originals. The copies don't matter, um, especially if my, my school does everything by the book. Some schools might be more lenient, but I wouldn't trust it. Just go with having the originals. It's also the visa process is a lot of to and froing, like you know you said, uh, lots of paper, lots of signatures, take ton, tons of copy of the passport, every page. Uh, it's honestly, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that that's kind of it's kind of boring admin stuff, but it means a lot to them. Over here, yeah, because if you if you you cannot like ex like it's it's hard to stay if you don't have the visa, right? Like you yeah. don't want you don't want to do that. No, it's too it's too risky and it's uh it's not a good plan. No, overall, no, overall not. not a good plan. Yeah, I know. In um, we also have like the um, the health certificate. They have like to a background like for our health. Yes, that we have to do. And I know in Canada, it's if you're not a resident anymore, it costs some money too. Because we usually don't pay for our... Oh, yeah. We do not pay either for, like, health, yeah, health system. That, uh, that's why we are the best countries, because we have free health care. We do, too, in Canada. Yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. Yeah, we, we are oh, that's why we are the best country. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> we, we, we can't go wrong with free health care. No way. Oh, but the NHS, I don't know what it's called in Canada, but... In, uh, in Quebec, it's like Régis d'Assurance Maladie du Québec, which is uh, in French, as you notice. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I, did, yeah, I don't know so. how to say it in English. I'm just, I'm just sorry. It's just what I've learned. But I will find, find a way to say it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you were saying about the. Uh, so, from what I think you're describing, it's like a medical certificate, essentially. Yeah. So, I, I've had one of those done already. And then, after you get the medical certificate, no, even before then, you have to get your non B visa. And again, if you're from the UK, you cannot have it done in Bangkok anymore have to go to Val. Oh my. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a good reason to travel, but you gotta know these things. Like, oh. But, yeah, but it's, it's hard. Very, very difficult. Gotta go to Lao. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been to Dien Tien? Yes. Yeah. I have you been there? There's like a little, like, uh, the park with like this, this, the weird, like, statues of like old gods. They're mixing all the gods together. It's super strange. It's great. Oh wow, okay, it's yeah. It's like a few kilometers from like Vietnam East. I, I went on the motorbike so like I know the way. Oh, you know, crazy. but <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was one of my favorite parts of Vietnam. Yeah. That in uh, an Italian restaurant. Well uh, funny enough, I uh, I can't remember if this is in so when I was in Vietnam. How do you say Vietnam? Vietnam? Yeah, Vietnam, yes, yeah. Um that was for my visa, so I was yeah. in like stress mode. Oh <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, very anxious stress mode. Uh, the first time I was in Laos, I saw their um, victory gate, the one that's made to look like a very famous monument in France, which I can never pronounce. Oh. Yeah. Like the weird square one. It's oh, got yeah. Two poles and a thing on top of it. There's like a little drink cola. 
Okay, like um, I, I'm going to Google this at some yeah, yeah. or Bing like this. Being, uh, yeah, it, Monuments of La Concorde? Could it be La Concorde? It, it could well be. I don't know. Oh, gosh. But it's, I've been. That's horrible. Like cars like drive around it. Uh, that could be the Apple Tower. Cars drive around that as well. Yeah, we're like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kind of everything. Um, but I... Uh, it was interesting because uh, I hadn't realised that um, I think it was uh, the French invaded or were in Laos at the time or something like that. The I'm probably going so badly off script here. I think, <laughs> no, I think that some of the Laos, they, they did help with the Vietnam War. Right. French. Right. Yes. I, I, I know am they not did because I met. <laughs> no worries. No I, I met a guy in Laos who was speaking French, and then I actually did not understand his French. But oh, wow. yeah, but he was he was speaking French. I understood that he spoke French, and then that was it. <laughs> and I was like, and he was like, he was like, oh, I helped during the war, and I was like, yay! Yeah. I'm like, I'm a case war, but you know, I, it's, it was not my my story, so I don't. <laughs> I cannot judge. I cannot judge. French Canada, you know, is not part of any wars anymore. Uh, hopefully, yeah. So, oh gosh, that's interesting. But Lao, what is your next travel destination? Be Bali, Indonesia. Yes. Have you been? I uh, know I have not been. Oh. Um, I've heard. I think it's something. It's like now the number one like destination to go now. Really? But it's certainly like traveling up the ranks. Like really yeah, I think everyone is getting it. I was there like four years ago, and it was great. I got bit by a monkey though, so I would be careful. Oh, okay. Yeah. I Don't would... feed the monkeys. I didn't even see a monkey. <laughs> they actually, they were like, you're hungry. No, in, in a good forest, you just have to be, uh, just be careful with them. Okay. Don't look at them. I don't bring any plastic bags I or... Don't show your teeth either. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then you're fine. Yeah. It was just sometimes an unlucky day, but monkeys are great in general. Just not close to me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> anymore. It's fine. I've seen enough. Yeah. Okay. So if you have uh, one last, like something you like to, to say about Thailand or a tip or anything you want to uh, to cheer about. Oh, well. Like, um, and like free, free speech, freedom of speech now. You can <laughs> say anything you want. Go. Well, um, I have to say, like, if. If you are planning on coming over here, just do it. It, it would be my thing. Like, you know, if you want to have an experience like this, just don't be afraid of it because it's as much as all I've just said about the visa stuff. You'll, you'll get it done eventually. It's just going to be painful. So, if you want to do things, whether it be in Thailand or any other country in Asia, it's. Don't don't think of it as a culture shock. Just think of it as your experience. You know, have have fun with what you want to do in your own life. Really. Also, Thailand is wonderful because they they want to help you. They want uh... to see you succeed. They want you to be happy. They want to you know. Do they want you to stay for a long time too? Like, are they like super like welcome in the long term? They don't expect you to stay for a long time, but when you do. That's when things yeah. will be kicking to a, a different level. Yeah, certainly. Oh, one last thing that I'm. Your, your school is basically like during the weekdays, right? Correct, yes. Correct, yeah. yeah, okay. From like 8 to 4. Yeah, just want to make sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, but some, some of the children do do weekend classes, um, but we, we, we aren't a part of that side. You don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. You're old enough, you don't need to work on the Yeah, weekends. yeah, certainly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. No, thank you for having me. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's <laughs> such a pleasure. And uh, yeah, we're uh, we're in uh, a little coffee shop now called yes, Kirk. Yeah. And uh, that's why you can probably hear the music, maybe, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is like loud and not loud at some point, just like now. Um, so yeah, we're probably gonna keep going and walk outside and chill a bit but thank you so much for for all the attention and the time and i really hope that you convince maybe some people to come to thailand yes. and, and teach or just explore you know